Hello, everyone. This is JVL. Welcome to the next level. I'm here with my best friend, Tim Miller, and a very fine, good acquaintance, Amanda Carpenter. I'm kidding. Amanda, our beloved colleague fine, from- Fine, good acquaintance. FGA? From the Bulwark, sitting in for Sarah Longwell, because, you know, we're passing disease between us, this little group of ours, even though we only see each other remotely. That just sounds gross. That we're just like sounds like the Los wrong. Angeles Clippers. We can't get the full team out. Everyone's got injuries. Basically. So listen, before we get started, go hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, give us five stars. I have to say, I was reading some of our reviews and I think you people can do better. That's that's all. I, I just, I wanted to say that you are seen, that we do read these things and that I, I expect a little more from you. So show some effort in there. I disagree. I saw a lot of Tim love in the reviews and I didn't see a lot of JVL love. So maybe that's, maybe this is a little bit more about that than about the quality of the review itself, the literary content, but just one potential Tim, observation. I'm just saying, knowing that you're writing for us, the audience, and uh, I'd like you to make a smile. That's all. Yeah. There's your homework assignment. Despite the comments not being up to JVL standards, we're still giving you guys something. And there's something really special coming for the next level listeners. Starting on Sunday night, this coming Sunday, and going forward to the foreseeable future for as long as you guys are listening, we're going to have a second edition of the next level that's going to be a little different than, than the regular one. We'll have many of you the same characters, but we are going to bring in special guests from outside the Bulwark Cinematic Universe people who have achieved acclaim in some other endeavor in life besides political punditry to chat with them about the news and about their life and, you know, maybe tease them a little bit and maybe get teased about our outfits or, you know, whatever it is. We'll see. First guest, Carrie Lake. <laughs> Carrie Lake is not the first guest, <laughs> uh, but we already have taped the first guest and that person is coming on Sunday. And particularly if you are a geriatric millennial, you're going to be very happy. If you are not a geriatric millennial, I think you're still going to love it. But if you're a geriatric millennial, you might want to just go ahead and set an alarm on your phone for Sunday night and just keep <laughs> refreshing the next level. And it's going to be really big. And so this is a good moment also to tell your friends to subscribe and you know do all the things that JVL says you should do. December 7th, <laughs> 1941. A day that will live in infamy. But you know what? Turns out there are a lot of bases the Japanese did not attack. Mm. On December 7th, right? Uh, Iwo Jima was fine, right? You know, San Diego, everything was perfectly peaceful in San Diego. Very quiet at I don't Meade. know that we need to, to fixate on, like, the one little thing over there where, where maybe, you know, everybody has their own truth. I'm sorry. This is a belabored thing that uh, my, my old friend Tucker Carlson is the recipient of some 40,000 hours of video from courtesy of Kevin McCarthy and uh, has been doing his own thing on January 6th. And uh, it turns out it was just a peaceful protest and there are political prisoners in jail. I'm Ron Burgundy. Amanda? It was a peaceful protest, but Nancy Pelosi is to blame for not securing the Capitol and the violence. Yes. I don't know how those two things go together, but... It's Nancy Pelosi's fault, and the rioters were good. So that's what I've learned in the last two days. And also other people were running, not just running Josh Hawley. That was a fraud to make it seem like it was only yes. Josh Hawley that was running. There were other people that were also running, but not from anything dangerous no. or not from an insurrection. They just also had to be – I, I, there was a little, just a jog that was happening. It was kind of like uh, – what are those little things that you do, uh, Amanda? Little half marathons? <laughs> yeah. Are you up to full marathon now? 
No, no, not yet. Maybe this fall. We're working on it. Yeah, it was just a little 3K. They were just having a little 3K for members of Congress, and that evil Liz Cheney happened to to show the picture of Josh Hawley, and that was an affront to the truth. The important thing to remember is that the media was wrong. The media is lying to you. Yes. Unclear what exactly, but something. They were wrong about something. There were some people that were there just chilling. A couple people had lunch that day. You know, at the Capitol, and that, and you don't eat lunch while you're having an insurrection. You don't have time for lunch. I mean, would you even have packed one? <laughs> Do you think Tucker's having a good week? Because I kind of get the feeling this isn't going how he thought it was going to go. I watched his broadcast. You know, tonight is Tuesday, day two. It, it felt like he pulled his punches. You know, we had the big wind-up, everybody look at the footage on night one, all this backlash from Mitch McConnell. You know, Mitch McConnell said something. I guess that's a big deal. But tonight, it was really only like 20 minutes monologue. He had an interview with a Capitol Police officer who got punished for wearing the MAGA hat. And the officer said he had to wear the MAGA hat to protect himself and be safe from the crowd. But the problem was is that the media vilified him for wearing a MAGA hat and the January 6th committee didn't call him to testify. So that was the big revelation tonight. And then they just did a transition to Julie Kelly, who's like one of these advocates to free the rioters, (laughs) a media criticism segment, and then this long interview with Russell Brand just ranting about his spirituality. Hmm. So I kind of feel like Tucker didn't, didn't really bring it. It wasn't... You know, full Patriot. What was perch. the twenty-minute monologue? I I have not got the pleasure of watching the second night of Tucker. I I caught night one, or at least the clips. What was in the monologue? Was there anything? Any added color? Any added nuance from night one about what we learned? Nope. It was just him being upset that Chuck Schumer gave a speech about his show, and how the criticisms from Republicans like Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney, et cetera, show that they're really just part of the uniparty that doesn't get it. And all he was doing is providing transparency. And why shouldn't we have this footage? You know, it's not like everybody's already gone through it. It didn't like we didn't have all, you know, January 6th hearings with all kinds of footage, but because we didn't air every single clip, you know, he's just, he's just promoting transparency and sunshine. Can you believe that we did four fucking years of this? (laughs) With this like up is down, day is night, red is black, black is white. The idea that the cop had to wear the MAGA hat to keep himself from the violent crowd, which was peaceful, which were not motivated by Trump at all. But of course, your only shield and protection from it is to pretend that you're a Trump person wearing a Trump branded hat. And this was we did four years of this with every single thing, every story, every day you'd wake up and there would be something like this. It is amazing that the entire country didn't have a nervous breakdown. I mean, we did. But it's like you can't evaluate what's on Fox's air right now outside of what's happening with the Dominion lawsuit. Because just as, you know, Tucker's doing night two of this ridiculousness, there's text coming out from him where he is writing his producer how much he hates Donald Trump. Can't wait till he never has to talk about him again. It's like, how many times do we have to have text messages or testimony or deposition from Tucker saying, I lie to my audience constantly for ratings and stock? Like, it's all out there. He's still on the air. It's just incredible, the shamelessness. I hate him passionately. That's a quote. I hate him passionately. I I mean, concur, right? But isn't that the whole thing, that we're vicious and evil and, like, we're wrong? I mean, we he hates him passionately, and he can't handle much more of this. 
but luckily it's going to be almost over. Same. Yeah, same. I was him on January 4th. Just not to indulge in these insane counterfactuals, because I know, I know, the voters are the problem, blah, blah, blah. But, like, had Tucker done 16 days from January 4th to January 20th of I hate him passionately, this is wrong, this is terrible, this is ruining the country, wouldn't we have had the 17 Republican votes we needed to be done with this by now? Couldn't we no. all have moved on to Ron DeSantis and Mike Pence fighting over no. the future of the Republican Party? Like, wouldn't Tucker just being true to himself for 17 days have solved his own problem for himself? If he had done that, he would have been pulling 300,000 viewers a night by the end of it, and everybody else would have been on Newsmax and OAN. We ran a test case of this, right? Not with Tucker per se, but with the rest of the, of the Fox network. We had like an actual experiment. What happens when Fox kind of does something like that? And we saw, and Fox saw, and everybody saw, you know, all of a sudden we got a million new viewers rushing to Newsmax within like, you know, days. This is what the people want. So Elon, the richest man in the world because capitalism works and is a pure meritocracy. <laughs> moderate. Elon Musk rushed out and tweeted because he's just, he himself About is a moderate. moderate. The, world, the world has changed around him. He hasn't changed at all in, in his politics in the last 20 years. It's just that the, the wokesters on the left with their mind virus have changed. He saw this show. I guess he has time to watch Fox in primetime. And saw what an incredible miscarriage of justice is that the January 6th commission has been prosecuting these people because I guess Elon Musk knows how the criminal justice system works. There have been two tweets from Musk on this that, that I think are worth highlighting in particular. The first was the one that you just mentioned. I just want to pull it up to get it exactly right because I think that it's quite important to just understand just how stupid it is. Like, it's not just wrong and offensive, but just utterly stupid. Okay. Besides misleading the public, they, the January 6th committee, withheld evidence for partisan political reasons mm. that sent people to prison for far more serious crimes than they committed, this is deeply wrong legally and morally derp. I mean, that is so moronic. Has this person not been sued enough to understand how the criminal justice system works? Like, this is not South Africa. Okay, the people that have gone to prison, the January 6th rioters, who, by the way, I'm, I'm like probably the least bloodthirsty among everyone at the bulwark about these people. Like maybe on balance, you could argue for me that the, some of them have been over-sentenced, but their sentences have nothing to do with the January 6th committee. They all had their own lawyers. They all had their own subpoena power. They couldn't access any videos. They could have demonstrated to the jury that they didn't do anything that, that day, that they didn't commit any crimes, that they were just having a nice stroll in the park and eating a ham sandwich. And it was the madness all around them. Like if that was true, they could have presented that in court. The fact that the January 6th, what they put on TV, had nothing to do with, with these people's sentences. So you're an idiot. And then secondly, I just, like, Elon's whole thing is like, it's like the Clay Travis thing. It's like, oh, I'm I'm really just a centrist. I haven't gone full totally. mag. It's just like, yeah, it's just all the, it's the lamestream media that's gone so liberal. And so he does this tweet. He attacks McConnell. McConnell's press conference, by the way, was kind of wishy-washy for my taste. It was a little moral relativism. It's kind of like, I you know. I agree with this statement. You know, everyone <laughs> has a chance to determine for themselves what they think. But, I, you know, I think it was bad what happened. But everyone can judge for themselves. He criticized McCarthy for giving it to Tucker, kind of. An implied criticism. And Musk is like, who's, which party is this guy in? It's like, which party <laughs> are you in? 
right? Like you're mad at Mitch McConnell for being a rhino now. Like he is full cat turd too. Like there is no space between Elon and cat turd too. I think there's a lot of hope among some people, among Elon stands, people who like the stark Iron Man side of Elon. And like that, <laughs> that, 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 that like, Oh, he was a little bit down the rabbit hole on this woke stuff. And you know, maybe he's, he's too out there on the woke stuff and on, on the speech issue, but like on, on the rest of the stuff, he's still kind of like the same guy that, that was an Obama Democrat. no, no, like he's literally pro-insurrectionist. Uh, he has taken a tack that's like Mitch McConnell is too harsh <laughs> on the January 6 rioters. That is Elon Musk's stated position right now. Like that's fucking madness. And this is why the Tucker thing, my final statement on this, this is why the Tucker thing kind of works. I think it was you, Amanda, that said at the top that like, oh, this isn't really working for him. There's a lot of ways that it's not working for him, right? Fox is not coming to his defense. It's not on the other Fox shows. Several Republicans have spoken out against him. You know, it doesn't have the juice that it had. But he still sucks in enough of these contrarian assholes with huge platforms to make it be dangerous and to make it work for him. So, Amanda, in the United States Congress, we've had a bunch. Tom Tillis got up there and, you know, said that it was bad. I think I think Lindsay mm-hmm. said that uh, that this stuff was not good and... Mitch backed the blue, right? He <laughs> held up a letter from a policeman. Tillis was pretty good on this. Did yeah, you mention he's Tillis? one that said it was a BS, yeah, right? Tillis called it yeah. bullshit. Yeah. 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 But I think the criticism is completely misplaced. I mean, yeah, we started with Tucker because he's the one airing it. But who gave him the footage? It was Kevin McCarthy. Like, that's how this started. Kevin McCarthy is the bad guy here. It's not Tucker. Tucker has been doing this stuff for two years, three years, ever since January 6th. And they decided to start promoting all these other conspiracy theories to underscore it. Kevin McCarthy is keeping this going. And it all gets back to this promise that he had to make to MTG and Matt Gates to get the speakership. And this was a weird punt that he went through because if you even just go back to November, after Republicans took the House, he was getting all fired up and sending tweets to Liz Cheney, like, you better preserve your records because he was threatening to launch an investigation of the January 6th investigation. And it was also stupid anyway, because they had to preserve their records anyway. Um, But I don't think he wanted to do it. I don't think he wanted to go through with it. Because then if you also remember, the January 6th committee tried to subpoena him. What do you think people are going to do to his subpoenas? The same damn thing. Tell Go take a hike. There's no way he was going to pull off anything like this. So he had to find a different way to do it. He had this footage. Tucker Carlson was an eager customer for it, and he punted the investigation and gave it to Tucker. Like, this is how he tried to outsource it. And it wasn't just that. He sent out fundraising emails about how the footage is going to come out. And so when all these Senate Republicans are crying about Tucker Carlson and Fox News need to get his act together, that should be aimed at Kevin McCarthy and the House, because that's actually, you know, they're just over there on the other side of the Capitol, could you go take a walk, maybe do a press conference saying we're not going along with this, et cetera? But, you know, I do think the split is interesting because it is splitting Republicans. It's also splitting Fox News. Brett Baer had that weird statement today about how nobody at Fox News condones the violence. Like, it's just weird. We're supposed to take these sort of coded messages like, oh, this is Brett Baer really taking a stand. No, you're not. They're getting the ratings. Tucker Carlson will get good ratings again tonight for doing this. This is the whole game that they've been doing this whole time where they have the primetime hosts do the loony stuff, get the ratings, 
And then these sort of, you know, bag men like Brett Mayer pretend they do news. It's, it's just such a total joke. And behind the scenes, Brett Mayer is, is, was like texting <laughs> me. Like, Brett oh, Bear. We, yeah, we should do more <laughs> of what Tucker is saying. Right? Like, yes. it's, it's not as if behind the scenes and the text in Dominion, Brett Bear is the responsible one. That Peter Baker piece over the weekend, Brutal. holy Martha, mole, Martha, I mean, Martha. Sweet sugary maples. That was something else, right? Do he and Martha get out of this alive? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. You think they get out with their professional re- reputations unsullied? Because I would say even like normal mainstream people have always had a great deal of respect for those two. Right. Like, you know, non-Fox-hating mainstream libs and never-Trumpers, they're the good guys. They're the good guys. They're getting rich taking Fox money, but they're the good guys. I think that Brett has lost only one thing. What? You could imagine a world pre-January 6th or like 2024 presidential campaign, right? You're always, Chris Wallace was like this, the token, Right, like you'd have three right. debates, and there'd be one that would, you know, it'd be Lester Holt, and then you'd get a Fox person to be part of the deal. Mm-hmm. And Chris Wallace always did that. Brett was like the natural next person for that for a general election debate. We're talking about not primary debate. It'll just be all the freaks. Who the hell knows? Like Matt Walsh will probably be hosting a primary debate this time. <laughs> but um, the general election debates, like Brett Bear was kind of the next one up to get one of the three. I think this might cost him that. I think that there is just going to be widespread outrage on the left. And if you're the Biden campaign, you're like, you're going to give me the guy who was texting, trying to take Arizona out of my out of right. my camp with no evidence. That's my question. Uh, you know, there's this big debate brewing for a long time. Should Democrats go on Fox News? And right. the consensus has always been, well, Pete Buttigieg is great. He should keep going. Yeah. How can they go on there now? I mean, until they start rolling some heads and axing some people. No Democrat should ever go on that network. We haven't even touched the the backroom stuff with the Murdochs taking the ads, ads. which is the, the way bigger, right? Because this, this is a back-of-the-house operation. This is like learning that the casino is, like, stacking the decks or something. The problem is Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> well, this is this is a real thing, right? I mean, if, if you can't even trust them to be simply – to operate as a business, as an honest broker, taking your money to run ad inventory – without doing what is essentially skunk works stuff for the other side. Not just having your on-air talent in constant communication with the other side, but having the the back-of-the-house business operations do that. I mean, geez louise, it it is a little bit like it's the Daily Worker or something for the Republican Party. I mean, it's Pravda isn't even quite right. It's much more like... No, they're a part of it. Yeah. Jay Wallace, inside Fox, they said that. Jay Wallace was one in one of those emails. I was like, yeah. Lou Dobbs' show makes the North Korean TV look subtle. Yeah. That's what they were saying about themselves. But isn't Fox in trouble knowing that, you know, all these networks, they make a ton of money on election night making the calls. How can anybody ever trust their calls now? They got rid of all the people who did the work. I mean, who is going to make the election calls now? You can't trust a word that comes out of it. They might shut it down. Yeah, I think they might. Well, what do they need it for, right? They can just rely on everybody else. Or criticize the AP or not make any calls. Yeah, yeah just let the AP has called it. Who knows whether that's true or fake news. I don't know. So listen, I, I have a question about all this because it struck me watching the what Tucker did with his January 6th stuff. The person this hurts most is Ron DeSantis. I disagree, actually. Okay. Before we get to DeSantis, can I go back to Kevin? Yeah, go back to, to my Kevin. Go, go to I my Kevin. I think it's my Kevin that hurts the most. because yeah, He's here, scared. Like, it's a Dan Crenshaw quote from today. I don't really have a problem with making it all public, but if your message is then to try and convince people that nothing bad happened, then that's just going to make us look silly. 
Who could have well, saw that? Well, you don't say, coming? Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> Who could have saw that coming, right? Like, but you're so close to getting it. Inevitably, Kevin's choice to do this was going to make you look silly. And worse than silly. It only makes sense for Kevin's narrow, naked interest of maintaining hold on the MTG so he doesn't get thrown out of power. It makes no sense for the mm. Republican Party. Mitch never has done this. Say what you want about Mitch and all of his weaknesses and, and failures. <laughs> like Mitch has never made a decision that like there wasn't at least some rationale that the broader party would benefit from it. Right. Like he, sometimes you had to take your lumps. Trump is such an asshole. Right. Like, but it, he was always strategizing. Right. Like, how can I either minimize the pain on us or maximize the pain on them or do whatever's best to? This is not that. Like, the party as a whole, you know, we just saw in the election does not benefit at all from this. Mike Collins, some rep from Georgia, is during Tucker last night, he tweets this I've seen enough. Release all the J6 prisoners now. And that was the goal of this whole effort. Yeah. That's what MTG has been after. Yeah. From the beginning. And so that's what Kevin gets now. All the Kamala Bale stuff that they did in 2020. Release the J6 prisoners now is the position of elected members of the party. Not just Julie Kelly, not just some freaks. Release the prisoners. It will be the position probably of the nominee. And the former president who's promised right. to pardon them if reelected. Right. From the party of law and order. From the party of law and order. Kevin did that. It's a total own goal. There have had to have been other ways to mollify MTG on this. Like, couldn't they have had some stupid hearing, you know, with a couple of the wronged J6 people? And, like, to give this to Tucker and have this happen is just, it's bad news cycle after bad news cycle. It's turning off the people they need, and it's making them, it's shining a Klieg light on their radicalism. It just was an absolutely disastrous decision by him. And it connects for me to the one of the stories, this Good Washington Post story by Jeff Stein. I think it was this morning, maybe it was yesterday, on the debt limit thing. Like, they haven't even started negotiating. Kevin's already negotiated itself into a corner. Like, he promised the Jim Jordans of the world that he's going to get to a balanced budget in 10 years. But he's promised the MAGAs that he won't cut Social Security or Medicare. And he's promised the Club for Growth people that they won't raise taxes. So it's like, well, they, they don't have the math. It already doesn't work. They don't even have a proposal to bring to the table. Forget negotiating with Biden. He can't even get his own team together. So, like, I just think that, you know, who knows? Maybe because there's no other option. He still just kind of limps along as the weakest speaker in in modern history, but he might be walking himself into a grave. I just think this was a disastrous move for him and that it's hurt him worse than anyone. Hey there, this is JVL. March is supposed to come in like a lion, out like a lamb. That's not how it's working out for me. It's the coldest it's been all year, and I feel like we're still in the dead of winter. And when I get through a day and I'm ready to get into bed at night, nothing is better and slipping into bowl and branch sheets. These are, quite honestly, the best sheets I've ever had. Unbelievably smooth and supple. Bowl and branch uses only the highest quality threads on earth. Their sheets are made from slow-grown organic cotton. Gives them a superior softness. Gives me a better night's sleep. These bowl and branch signature sheets come in 10 colors, all sizes from twin up to California king. Made without toxins, free from pesticides, formaldehydes, and all sorts of harsh chemicals. They'll fit the deepest mattresses you can throw at them. And they're even labeled with top and bottom tags, which is the kind of design tweak that you wonder why everybody doesn't do it. Best of all, Bolin Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. Make the most out of bedtime with Bolin Branch sheets. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code NEXTLEVEL at bolinbranch.com. 
Exclusions apply. See the site for details. That's Bolan Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code next level. So here's why I think it hurts DeSantis. We had a piece by A.B. Stoddard this week about how among the people who are running for president, with the exception of Donald Trump, for the rest of them, January 6th never happened. It's just out there floating. It never, never happened. For Trump, Trump knows what he thinks Asking about Asking about it. is even insulting. Right. Like, oh, that's the fake news media, the liberal he, media. He launched a, a single that he sang with the men who are currently in prison and to, to raise money for their defense. He's going to pardon them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah there's music. There's music, like, Timothy. Like he la- <laughs> like like on iTunes, ninety nine cents. It's like Something Don- like that. Donald. Yeah. 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 And uh, I'll, t- I'll to stream that. <laughs> somehow that somehow that missed my radar. It's, you would have thought people would have been playing it at CPAC. You're Ron DeSantis. You do not want to talk about this. This is a no win answer. This is one of those things you just want to say, but you can't stay silent on it forever, right? Eventually, if you're going to run for president. Somebody's going to ask you, is Ashley Babbitt a martyr? And are these people political prisoners? And what is he supposed to say? Is he supposed to say Tucker is wrong on all this stuff? And I mean, I guess he can try to thread the needle, but it's really hard. Again, having that plus like, did you take the vaccine that you're so anti-vax about? He starts to look like a guy who, you know, why, hold on, why does Mitch McConnell endure? We all hate Mitch McConnell, and Mitch McConnell wants Ron DeSantis to be the nominee, right? This is, we all hate Jeb Bush, and Jeb Bush endorsed this guy, and this guy won't say, look at the polling on January 6th, way over 60% of the Republican Party thinks it was a legitimate political protest, right? And so DeSantis is going to have to decide, is he going to follow Trump on this stuff? Why wouldn't he, JBL? Why wouldn't he do the same thing he did on Ukraine? Like, this should be a difficult question for him, but I don't think it is. Given all the mimicry that he has based his career on, drafting after Trump, of course he will. Pardons are great. Or he might say something like, well, the pre-child detention is too long, blah, blah, blah. Because I think if you're DeSantis on this issue, if you say, yeah, they're political prisoners and they should be freed, again, it gets to, well, then why don't we just elect Trump? Because DeSantis is younger and fitter and they like him. The fact that people like him covers a lot. I guess. Right? Like, I feel like this is part of the lesson of 2016 about how does Trump get away with it? People just like him. Like, when people like you, you can get away with murder. They'll let you do anything, Amanda. I know. Have you noticed that Meatball Ron has, has dropped a few pounds? I can't tell if it's the heels or he's actually lost weight or got a tailored suit. I think that he's on keto. I don't think he's on keto. I, another oh, he's another on the time shot. he's running. He's on the he shot. Guys, oh, Ozempic. Ozempic. Oh, is that what it on. is? This has been on Instagram for years now. You think has you just learned about it? Oh, yeah. People have been. It's been a yeah, big probably scandal. Probably got to Tallahassee just, just a couple months ago. Perfect right in time for the campaign. Anyway, that's <laughs> a side point. I don't really come down on his hard view of exactly predicting how he's going to play this because I think that he's going to really try to do what he did on Ukraine and not really take a side, just do gibberish talk mm-hmm. that like seems anti-DOJ and defensive of the whatever, but not pro-riot. I think he's going to try to figure out how to walk that line. Where I agree with JBL that I think it's hard for him is these are the issues that are going to be hard for him to hide from, right? There's yeah. certain issues, the type of things that the mainstream media would ask about, you know, gotcha questions about Trump, et cetera, et cetera. It'll be kind of easy for him to hide about because he's not going to take mainstream media interviews. But he is going to have to go into the MAGA media bubble. And those folks are going to ask him about justice for Ashley Babbitt, right? So it's on those issues, 
in a weird way, he's going to get the hardest questions kind of from mm-hmm. the American greatness world. Maybe you won't talk to American greatness, but you know somebody in that space that will want to try to pin him down on that, either in debates or you know on Hugh Hewitt's radio show or whatever it is. And so I, I do think it'll be a little bit harder for him to duck this sort of thing, and it's a potential pitfall for him. I don't know. I think he might be able to get away with gibberish talk, though. It's not good that he's on the wrong side of, of Tucker on this, though, right? Is he on the wrong side of Tucker? Well, I mean, he, un- until he stated ju- otherwise, I he assume has said he is. Nothing. He has said nothing no, about Stop has... the Steal or January 6th since, like, November 15th. So he's just sort of let it go, the Stop the Steal stuff. But he did say, like, violence is never accepted. He did one of the the highly, you know, generalized violence is never acceptable. And anybody who did such violence should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law or something. So it's enough that if you wanted to say that he's on team Mitch McConnell here, you could make that argument against him. And then it's on him to disprove it. Now, he's going to go on about media hysteria and people being obsessed with January 6th. And the January 6th committee was like this overwrought thing that wasted a bunch of time and resources. And darn it, if you just elect him, we're going to put an end to this drama and get stuff done. Like that's sort of what he's doing now in his speeches to kind of circumvent a lot of these questions. And obviously it's not an interview, but you can see how he is trying to design a track for himself where I'm just a get it done guy. I'm not distracted. I keep my nose to the grindstone. I'm not going to glad hand you. I'm not going to talk to you a lot. I am just going to get it done. Yeah, you're right that that's what he's going to do. And I've slightly, I've downgraded my priors about his ability to attack Trump based on that. Because for a while I was like, man, Tiny D is going to get run over by Trump. And then I increasingly started to feel like, you know, Trump is losing his fastball. DeSantis is well positioned. Like there's a lot of issues that he can hit Trump on. I've been really unimpressed with this kind of subtweet of Trump. When I saw him at the Villages, it, the same thing he did at Reagan Library, he did it on a TV hit where it's like, we don't have a lot of drama. Like, we're not going to leak. And like, <laughs> if you're like, is he criticizing Trump or not? Like, if you're not sure whether or not he's criticizing Trump, that's not a punch. Okay. That's like a very light slap. I'm not that I expect him to go head on with Trump right now, but I just if like if he thinks that's the way here that he's going to be able to get away with being like the main contrast is just I'm the get him done guy and Trump had a little too much drama and a little too much leaking and some that's not. But it. they all think Trump got everything done. He's got to go hard at him on like Fauci and the wall and but like They're you let go that tiny you let that tiny little elf push you around like you know he's gonna need to go there and but this is the problem they all stipulated that the trump administration was great right i mean when when you start right. from the position of the four years under donald trump were some of the best times in the history of this country and everything was great and we ought to keep doing donald trump stuff but just with me how does that work their right? lies don't have to be consistent <laughs> have we not learned this lesson that voters do not care about lies or consistency when you are telling them what they want to hear. I guess that's true. And I'm telling you right now, people, they like Ron. They might not later. And of course, he's not going to attack Trump right now. That wouldn't make any sense. But where I think he is very vulnerable is that he's running around the country essentially saying, like, Florida is awesome. Florida is paradise. Everybody wants to live in Florida. There's nothing wrong here. Our schools are great. Our economy is great. Our jobs are great. Like, make America Florida, essentially. Florida is nice, but I don't think you should stake your entire reputation based on, you know, what's happening in an entire state. Like, it would not be hard to go into Miami and find drug dens or illegal immigrants working in all these 
beautiful hotels that make the Florida tourism industry work. And so I just think he's staking a lot on that and taking responsibility for things that he cannot control. Yeah, and are we sure people that live in suburban Pittsburgh have positive views about Florida? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and people also don't like being told that like where you live sucks and where I live is better. Like that rubs me the wrong way. Also, how is Florida doing so great in Joe Biden's economy? I'm confused by this. Because of Ron DeSantis' awesome leadership. Yeah. I mean, I thought the Joe Biden's economy was just wreaking havoc across this country with all the inflation and the debt and everything. And, you know, where people can, you know, people are out there eating dust sandwiches. Yeah, people are eating <laughs> dust sandwiches in Florida and things are not great on that front. But they can freely insult trans people in the schools <laughs> there. And so that makes them feel better about the egg prices. Right. Eggs are very expensive, but in Florida... You can throw eggs at the trans kids. They don't let your children have any books in their classroom library. <laughs> that's that's good. Just All smother right, we'll come them back those to, kitty litter boxes. We'll come back to... We're going to hit DeSantis a little bit again at the very end. Do we have to? Yeah, because I'm going to give you a chance to go on a heater. Okay. Amanda, did you text this to me today or Slack it? or I'm pretty sure it was from you. The, the third way, no labels stuff. Can you explain to the people... What's going on with this? Because it's hysterical. So apparently No Labels is really making a bid to have a third party and a third party presidential candidate. They're trying to get on the ballot. They got on the ballot in Arizona today, as announced by the Secretary of State. And Tim, you've written about this many times for the bulwark about why third parties would boost Trump. So Third Way came out with this big memo and I didn't know the case that No Labels has been making to people. I mean, they're super well-funded. They've got like $76 million. They can give Mark Halperin $300,000 a year to do who knows. Billionaires um, although, are a policy failure. At least billionaires yeah. who would give to No Labels are a policy failure. <laughs> yeah, although Halperin left today, but still that was just one weird thing about it. But they're saying that this magical third-party candidate that does not exist could win in states like Texas and Delaware against Joe Biden. Like, it is just nuts, magical thinking. And it's all centered around this idea that they will have a candidate that's somehow better than Biden. And they don't have a person, but they're setting up all this infrastructure, spending all this money, and it's just the dumbest thing. And so there's just a lot of problems with that. You know, they need a candidate that will somehow not boost Trump. They still have to get 270 votes to win. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. They're on the ballot in Arizona. Yeah. That's concerning. So why do the donors keep falling for this? I, I don't understand, like, donor brain. You know, I could understand this if we were looking at a race between Trump and Carrie Lake on one side and then Bernie Sanders and Pramila Jayapal on the other side, right? Then you could be like, wow, this country needs, you know, we're a little bit too far out to the polls. We need a centrist choice. Joe Biden is a pretty centrist political figure. He's governed in an awfully centrist manner. <laughs> Here's my question. If No Labels looks at this and thinks, yes, we need a third party candidate, then what would the Democrat have to look like for them to say, this is all fine. We don't need a third party candidate. Joe Manchin. Joe oh, Manchin. I guess if Joe Manchin was the nominee, then yeah. it would be okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. What would Joe Manchin do that's different than Biden? except for Joe Biden bailed out the student loans, right? Like, I don't know what the problem is with Biden. I can say what my problems are with him with spending and some minor things, but 
I don't know what their problem is. Uh, well, they need to stay relevant. Look, this is Mark mm-hmm. Penn and Nancy Jacobson that are running a fucking scam, and they live in New York City, and they don't like the crime in New York City, and they, they don't like— They should move to the free state of Florida. Exactly. Yeah. And they don't like the tax rates. <laughs> I'm sure they have a home there for tax reasons. Yeah, and they're just like, okay— we need somebody else to solve this problem. And they go and they find 20 other rich assholes who don't like their tax rates and don't like the homeless encampments, you know, 18 miles from their fortress up in Connecticut. And, and, and like, that's it. They get those people to give them money. But there's nothing here. And a lot of good-natured people are getting get fooled by this, right? Because they're like, yeah, I would like somebody to bring things together. Ooh. It's a nice notion, right? But these people are offering nothing and going into Arizona makes me feel it's a very cinema-ish play. Mm-hmm. I think cinema's going to get killed, actually. Yeah. But like cinema might very well elect Carrie Lake in this, to the Senate or uh, the sheriff guy, the big hat. I'm not blanking on his Your name. Uh, Mark. Um, Fincham. Mm, uh, no, 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 not Fincham. Fincham's so not going to run for Senate. There's another uh, cosplay sheriff. Oh, okay, we're, we've moved. Our payo's gone. Fincham's <laughs> gone. There's a new. There's a new cosplay sheriff in town who's like from. Wisconsin or something, and he moved there, and he put on a big belt buckle and a hat and talked about how he hates immigrants. Sheriff Mark Lamb in Arizona is the guy's name. Um, And so, like, that person or Carrie Lake could end up in the Senate because of it. And so I, I worry that No Labels is doing a presidential version of that. It's just, like, the only play for a third party that would be actually helpful would be to get an, an anti-wokester, right? Joe Rogan running for president against Trump and Biden would be the only thing that'd be actually useful because he might pull from Trump some, right? But like this bullshit that No Labels is doing and that Yang and Jolly, like God love them all. Like the third way people have it exactly right. These third way people are not like fucking liberal partisans. I mean, like, like the third way is like the old Clinton, you know, people, this is a center left group and they have this exactly right. Well, uh, great. Hopefully this will flame out. Can I do one other uh, fact check on myself? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I have written down my little uh, show map here. Uh, self-correction, Timothy? Yeah, I need to do a self-correction for last week. You guys weren't here. And Sarah and I were talking about the drag queen bands. The free speech party is passing bans on, on drag yeah, shows. Just like they're the law and order party. Yeah, yeah, the free speech party is passing these drag bands all around the country. And one thing I noticed... As I was covering this, I wrote about the Arizona one, and we did some on the Tennessee one for Not My Party, is that I read the actual bills because I don't want to be alarmist. I just I want to make sure that I'm reading this right, like that this would really ban drag brunch at a restaurant or ban gay pride. And it does. I mean, we'll see how it's enforced. But or just it, a fun costume party. Yeah, if you read the <laughs> language, right? And the key word in all these language is prurient. And, and it's like if the drag is prurient, then you know, um, then, then, then we can ban it. And I was like, I, I kind of had assumed that this was Alec or something that had put together that had come up with the magic word prurient. Uh, but as it turns out, we have like a hundred constitutional law scholars that listen to the next level. I'm really grateful that you let us dumb down your day, uh, on Wednesdays. Um, but, uh, they have let me know, JVL, do you know what the truth is? Why prurient is in all these things? Is it a legal term of art? It is a legal turn of art. There was a Supreme Court case, Miller versus California. Uh, uh, it was a three-part test. I'm not going to pretend for, like I know what that is. Okay, it was a three-part <laughs> test for how <laughs> states and localities could ban certain types of lewd conduct. 
and prurient like public was, nudity exactly things of okay. that nature so uh so prurient was the word in miller versus california hence why it's in all of these bills these bills are still terrible but you know i, I want this to be an educational program and also to admit you know i don't, I don't know everything I'm, we're pretty smart you know we've got a lot of knowledge so what are the but, guidelines for pruriency which isn't a word i'm sure it's about uh, that it has excessive intent to be sexual essentially, right? That like, it's not just accidentally sexual. It's not just a nip slip. It's like there was excessive <laughs> intent to sexualize the children in this case. Okay. And so, and so what they're saying is that drag shows can be banned if there's excessive intent to sexualize the public. But it's so like... You can dress up, but no grinding. Yeah, right. But it's like, who's judging that? Sheriff Lamb? Like the one cop yeah. that walks into the drag brunch? Like who's deter... You know what I mean? Like it's, it's crazy, but... Well, anyway. I, I, I think they just banned Hooters. <laughs> Hooters feels prurient to me. I mean, there's a lot of eyelashes. There's a lot of like self tanner. Yeah, I a lot of concur. stuff. <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, Amanda, I just out of curiosity, are you leaning, toying, thinking about endorsing Donald Trump in order to stop Ron DeSantis from becoming <laughs> president? Is that a thing that you've been wrestling with these these last many weeks? I can say that possibility has never crossed my mind. How about you, Timothy? No. Are you sure about that? Because Andrew Sullivan. So mad about this. I'll be very nice. I'm not going to be nice. Andrew Sullivan tweeted out that uh, that he was just waiting for the bulwark to endorse, his word, not mine, Donald Trump in order to stop Ron DeSantis. You know, the only thing I know about him, because I didn't read him and he only like came into my view during the Obama years was that he was like a truther about Sarah Palin's baby. Oh, yes. Like, that is the only thing I only know about him. I know he has his whole body of work, but like... Oh, it's spectacular. That, he was like, that guy's crazy. Never reading him again. And that's all I know. He was super into the Iraq war until he was super against the Iraq war. Sounds stable. He really loved George W. Bush until he really loved Barack Obama. He just, you know, he's... he's uh, Andrew, Andrew has a lot of oscillation. See that, Timothy. I loved Andrew. Andrew was very formative for me. I'm not an Andrew hater like you are, JVL. I'm not somebody Why? like Amanda. And he was first on gay marriage. I mean, look, Andrew was gay? first. Uh, yeah, Andrew was first on gay marriage <laughs> okay. and first I on pot. Okay, I mean, that, yeah, that's I told cover- you I saw the truth or Sarah Palin thing, and it was like, nope. That's covering a lot of my interests, okay? Being first to be pro-gay marriage, (laughs) first to be pro-legalizing pot, and first to talk about the disaster that was Sarah Palin. I mean, he checked a lot of boxes for me in 2007, okay? So we were were vibing. Uh, And uh, so I was a big reader of his blog back then. And I actually kind of did the same thing as him on the Iraq War. So uh, we can make fun of that, but I was on the same trajectory as him on the Iraq War. So... I've been very saddened by this. For some reason, he really has decided to pick on the bulwark. I think that it helps him with his new righty friends because he has gone very anti-woke. And I think he's cultivating a little bit of a new audience. And like we're an easy punching bag for him is, I guess, it. But like nothing pisses me off more than just haphazardly questioning somebody's sincerity and integrity you know, about something like this, right? You know, I don't question Andrew's sincerity. Like, he sincerely has decided that, like, the woke mind virus is a very important issue and that, like, that he is in line with the right on that. I, I, I do think that he's sincere about that. To, like, say to us that, like, oh, these never-Trumpers, they're just in on this grift and they just want these liberal 
fans and donors or whatever, and they don't even care. They want Trump, actually. Not only are they not sincere about disliking Trump, they secretly want him around because it's good for their grift. And it's like, I'm sorry, we're not making that much money at the Bulwark, okay? Like, if I wanted to grift, I could fucking grift, okay? This is not a grift. And, like, the idea that those of us that gave up our fucking careers over Donald Trump now, like... Now we are criticizing Ron DeSantis because of some triple bank shot effort to make it seem like that helps Trump to keep him around is the stupidest fucking shit I've ever heard, okay? If I wanted to help Ron DeSantis, the best thing I could do is go out and support Ron DeSantis. If, we, if I put on a Ron DeSantis t-shirt and was like, I think that he's a secret neocon and I loved it. And that's if I wanted to, you know, like if I wanted to help Trump and harm Ron DeSantis, that's like, that's the best thing I can do. Like us just saying what we think that Ron DeSantis illiberalism is not like some bank shot effort to help Trump. It's not helping Trump. Like we have no influence over the fucking MAGA swing voter. Okay. So like the accusation is bullshit. It's insulting. It fucking pisses me off and he should, he should know better. And many people pointed it out to him and he refused to back down. And like, I'm I shocked. think part of the reason it pisses me off is because of my affection for Andrew. Part of the reason it pisses me off is I think it's a preview of kind of what is to come. And this is not true. And he can eat a dick, but not in the way that he likes. <laughs> you know, I, That's my I don't want to. Uh, here's the dispatch from the future. It's going to be January 2025. Ron DeSantis has just been sworn into the Oval Office. And we will be sitting back saying, look. We live in a new reality, but at least Donald Trump is gone. And now we got to chart a course forward. And all of these assholes will say, see, we were right. We got to have our cake and eat it, too. Like, it was fine. Trump didn't end the republic. And we got our guy. We got our guy, conservatism inks guy, back in. And none of us lost our place in line. Let the good times roll. Can I end on a more positive note, JBL? There's sure. one more news story. I know it's been a good show, quite a long show, but um, Nick Cannon, you know Nick Cannon? He's in Drumline, actor. Yeah, he was a, that he movie made, was fun. Was, yeah, it was a great movie. Mariah Carey, I think, and him, him had an affair, yeah, had a little that's, fling. That's true. Okay, uh, Nick has like 11 children, maybe 12. He's partnering, there's a news item, he's partnering with Kevin Hart for the mother of all game shows, pun intended, Who's having my baby with Nick Cannon? Nick wants to have one more child. And this is natalism and capitalism all wrapped up into one story. And I just thought that that you, JVL, with your kind of history and advocating for, you know, more babies and the demographic pyramid issues, I just wanted to be the first to talk to you about this new game show and let you know you might want to set your DVR and maybe do some writing about it because it's exciting. Natalism and capitalism, all in one. I do love me some Kevin Hart, and uh, I am always very happy when people who are other than me have babies. So uh, good for Nick Cannon and his baby mama to be. <laughs> I, I Mazel Tov. I wish them all the best. And I am again. It's it's good for America when people who are not in the last family have babies. Amanda, you seem to be marinating. I'm just confused by the... I saw this, and I just... My immediate reaction was no. Um, <laughs> I don't exactly know who Kevin Hart is. I know Nick Cannon has a lot of Jumanji? Babies, but how, You've seen how the does, Jumanji movies? No. We started it. My kids were terrified. Off. Smart. How does this work? So there's a contestant... Well, there's and a man and a woman. a girl at the end? <laughs> 
Okay, when a man and a girl woman really love each other. <laughs> and if the man concentrates Stop. very hard, he's they able to achieve. They make babies on live TV okay. for ratings? Is that, is that what's going on? I don't know about I don't know how the consummation's going to happen. Is he going to pay child support? I do think Does so. Does she get a yeah. monetary reward at the I do, end? I believe so. Yeah, I believe that there's some financial incentive at play. Yeah. <sighs> I, I mean, what more beautiful expression of love could uh, could you possibly hope for in this crazy, topsy-turvy world of ours? God bless All this right. great country. Thank you, Amanda, for joining us today. Oh, it was so good. You're the best, Amanda. It's been a good show, a long show. Before we get out of here, go to thebulwark.com. Sign up for all of our great content. Get Charlie Sykes And the new Sunday show. Tune in for the new Sunday show. Get Charlie Sykes' fantastic newsletter, faux free, every morning. Morning shots. Get it at bulwark.com. Go hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, tell a friend, and watch for us on Sunday. Bye. Bye.